Hello everyone and welcome to the second episode of Divisible by Four. In the first episode, One Becomes Two, we talked about embarking on that crazy journey of parenthood, those crazy first steps of that first newborn child and navigating your way through those early days and what it means to be a parent and what some of those challenges might look like and what's, what rewards it will bring. I've never been maternal, never really had that feeling of absolutely wanting kids. I wasn't one of those people, one of those girls who, who sat around playing with dolls when I was younger. I wasn't one of those who, who planned the baby names and who thought about what, what my kids might look like, what my kids might do. I didn't plan my life around, around having kids, definitely not. Uh, quite the opposite, actually. Medically, I was told at a fairly young age that it was unlikely that I would uh, be able to conceive naturally. As a girl, um, I, I didn't start periods in the, the same way that other girls did um, and never actually had a period without um, the artificial intervention of, of going on the pill um, and the artificial creation of, of that um, monthly break um, and, the, and that period that is caused. And so for me, it never really never really came into my mind that that um, conceiving a child would, would just happen. Um, I always thought that I would be one of the uh, unfortunate people that would have to go through the uh, the trials and, and tribulations and challenges of, of IVF. And so it, it came as quite a surprise, quite a shock really, um, when I discovered I was pregnant actually without ever even having a, a, natural, a natural period, a natural menstrual cycle. So that was quite a quite a, a moment, quite an impact really, um, that positive pregnancy test, that wondering for a few weeks why I felt so ill and um, and it was only at the suggestion of the doctor actually who um, who asked if there was any chance that I could be pregnant and I laughed at the time and said no, I don't have very much doubt it and then uh, lo and behold the pregnancy test said otherwise and so that that's where, really where my parenting journey began and through that pregnancy I I didn't enjoy being pregnant in fact I I felt a bit self-conscious well a lot self-conscious actually I was um in the middle in the midst of my career I was a a trainer at the time so I had to stand up in front of groups of people and deliver training Uh, and as my body changed as I got bigger um and as I was aware of of the the changes in my ability to uh stand for long periods of time and uh, the changes in my level of of energy, um, I just felt self-conscious that I was unable to do my job anymore um, and that my whole body image was was almost um, up for debate in a way. You know, people comment on on, uh, the size of your pregnant body. People comment on um, how big the baby's going to be. People even decide that they can, uh, you know, they can have, have a feel of the bump. And I'm not particularly a touchy-feely type person. And for me, that that's, that was uh, stepping a boundary too far. So pregnancy number one um, was was weird. It was a it, I, it was a very strange experience. One that, yeah, I didn't enjoy. I didn't enjoy, but I look back on fondly now as a, a huge experience. Um, but for me, every day I felt more and more self-conscious. And so. Um, on the uh, on the arrival of, of baby number one, 
I was, as I said in the previous podcast, the previous episode, I was absolutely overwhelmed by that feeling, that intense feeling of, of love and responsibility and fear. And something that I never, never anticipated would happen. Um, and then it wasn't long before I realised that I couldn't just have one. An only child just, just really wasn't for me. That that wasn't the way um, I, I saw my my family growing. I'm I'm an only child, and you know, not to be critical of of the deci- decisions that my parents made. I always felt like I missed out on having a sibling. I always felt like whilst my parents were busy working, they were self-employed and constantly busy working. I always felt a little bit resentful that I didn't have a sibling to talk to or to play with, and I spent quite a lot of time sitting on my own, playing on on my Acorn Electron, um, going out for bike rides on my own, playing football on my own, kicking a ball against a wall uh, for hours and hours on end, uh, running up and down the garden, pretending that I was tackling someone or pretending that I was shooting at an invisible goalkeeper. And all of those memories, uh, as much as, as you know, I, I enjoyed my childhood, there was something missing for me. That sibling relationship was missing. Um, didn't mind. Older sister, older brother, younger sister, younger brother. Had no preference, but I missed a sibling. In fact, I often used to talk to our mum and try and persuade her to foster or adopt and, you know, give me some, some companionship. Um, and alas, that, that never happened. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure I benefited in so many ways from being an only child. No one to share with, no, no one else, uh, no competing demands. Um, pretty much, you know, pretty much got, got up what I wanted from a materialistic point of view because, you know, there was nobody else asking for clothes or toys or trips out or ex- excessive pocket money. So I'm sure I did benefit. But for me, for my family, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't want just to stop at, at one. And so then um, we look forward to, uh, to, to baby number two. And Baby number two came along quite quite quickly, really. Um, I didn't want much of an age gap. I, I thought that was important too, um, that they would grow up together, grow up close, have similar interests at, at similar ages. So there's a there's a two year age gap between my two boys, um, and it's funny because when I was pregnant, uh, an elderly relative uh, said to me, "How will you be able to love number two? How can you love another?" How can you love another baby in the same way as as you love your first? And that was terrifying, that thought. Well, how can I love another? What what will happen? What what will the impact be on child number one? Then suddenly there was a, a feeling of guilt. Is this the right thing for child number one? That child that has all of a hundred percent of my attention, that child that you know, has has no competing demands. Uh, it's it's completely the sole focus of of my love and my time, um, apart from work, of course. But that's another story. But how would he cope? How how would he deal with this? The introduction of this this second baby. Would there be feelings of jealousy, uh, resentment? Um, would his behaviour change? Would would I resent him because I couldn't spend the, the the time with the baby that I would need and vice versa? 
would I resent the baby because I, I would want to spend time with, with this growing, developing toddler? What, what impact would that have? And that worried me for quite some weeks, really. Um, and, and right up until, until the day, um, that, that baby number two was born. Um, and that day was well planned because both, both of my, my boys were born by cesarean. So the day was well planned. Got to pick a slot, a time slot. And so childcare was all organized and it was all very regimented. Time slot for the baby to be born. Time slot for, for child number one to come and meet, um, his, his new baby brother. And all of that was, was planned in, in quite minute detail. Maybe, maybe too much detail because when you plan things in detail, things can inevitably, uh, go wrong. And, and not quite stick to the plan. And, and sometimes that's, that's more stressful than not having a plan at all. But those moments of th- that fear and that anxiety was erased within, within seconds of, of the eldest meeting his new sibling. What a beautiful moment. Just that complete newness of a sibling bond, the beginning of a sibling bond, as that two-year-old takes his, his brother's hand and is introduced to this new little person. It's the most amazing thing. And of course, the toddler doesn't really understand what's going on. Not at, not at two years old. You know, he doesn't really understand at that moment that this baby's here to stay and that this baby will follow him around uh, for the rest of his life. But that moment, it's like a new toy. It's like a, getting a new puppy. It, the, the look of amazement and joy and curiosity on the face of, uh, of the toddler was, was just, just awesome. Just, just amazing. And for me, there was then an instant pride in creating a, a sibling bond that, that will last forever. And that, first time they meet is that beginning of that developing relationship that relationship that I've created for them forever and just thinking about that and thinking about then there comes a responsibility of of making sure this relationship works you know how do you deal with with two children with those competing demands and competing needs uh, and competing priorities, and how do you do you develop and nurture a relationship that will last a lifetime, that they will want to last a lifetime, where they will be, you know, inevitably, hopefully, really good friends, maybe best friends, but really good friends, and they'll have that that life experience together. One thing that I often reflect on, and and that often makes me sad, is the fact that I don't in being an only child I don't have anyone to reflect on those early times you know those earliest memories that first house that me and my parents ever lived in there is no surviving member of my family that remembers what that house looks like that remembers some of the early you know some of those early memories that I hold those Christmas mornings um the you know those birthdays the the, the family gatherings that the, the little things that happen that you can sit and talk about and say, do you remember when that happened? And gosh, how old were we then? And the intricate details of, of the family home and family holidays, trips that we've been on. 
my mum and dad have both passed and there is no no surviving part that no surviving person that can share those those memories with me and that's that's really sad I find that really sad and really frustrating when I want to tell my children stories and there's nobody that I can say I can develop those stories with and that they can almost talk about those memories with um it's just with me so in developing that sibling bond that that's the foundation that's the foundation that we're creating that lifetime of of childhood memories that will hopefully they'll still be talking about when they're in their 70s uh, and if they are that that's a beautiful beautiful concept but that doesn't come without its its worries so they're so different isn't it isn't it amazing how different two children can be my eldest and my youngest are almost complete opposites as a baby the eldest never slept never ever slept it maybe a couple of hours a night if we were lucky whereas from day one the youngest almost slept through he's always needed and wanted a full night's sleep um he's completely different he's relaxed chilled out laid back the eldest hyperactive constantly busy constantly talking full of energy never sits still two complete polar opposites and it's amazing that how they can be so opposite and maybe they are for a reason maybe that's part of the genetic makeup maybe if they were too similar those de- those conflicting demands and priorities might conflict too much but being polar opposites they fit in into a, a family circle they need different things at different times they have different interests already as tiny tiny little children they have different interests they have completely different demands they like different foods they like different things and so maybe that helps them to bond after all apparently opposites attract so maybe that's another thing if they have different interests and different personalities and different ways of coping with the world maybe that that bond it will be the glue that keeps them together but then i worried well what if the youngest is always in the shadow of the oldest what if we always put the oldest first his his experiences are always going to come first he's going to start school first so he will have those experiences he will have been through a couple of years of school before the youngest even starts so then the youngest will always encounter the the conversations at school oh you're so and so's brother oh when you were when he was your age this happened or when he was your age he was brilliant at maths or he he was brilliant at, at bike riding which is actually an example that we did have it's taken my youngest till he was maybe 10 years old to learn to ride a bike the eldest could do it before he was 2 and there's those sorts of constant comparisons that people can't help but do with siblings and with all all children in many ways it's it's the playground debate isn't it or how how old was you when your when your child could talk how old was you, how old was he when he when he could uh, make take his first few steps or for me the eldest walked at 10 months the youngest walked at nearly 18 months complete differences 
neither better or worse, though. Walking at ten months old opens up a whole range of, of health and safety issues. Yet he could also explore. Whereas walking at eighteen months old, he was safe. Wasn't really interested in walking. Got carried around by everybody, so didn't really have the need to walk so much. Whereas at ten months old, the youngest just wanted to be, the oldest just wanted to be up and about. So it, there's a difference. And is that through nature or is that through nurture? Is that through need and necessity? The youngest didn't need to walk very very early because he had his brother bringing him everything he needed, constantly sitting next to him, constantly playing with him. So the need to get up and find things for himself wasn't really as necessary. But still it did worry me about whether the youngest would always be in the shadow of the eldest. And it did lead me to think about what are the differences in their experiences. What difference does having an older brother make versus the difference of having a younger brother? If you are the eldest, does that automatically give you that experience and feeling of responsibility? Does that make you kinder? Does that make you more of a leader? Because from an early age, you've had this small person that you you do feel responsible for. I'm sure you do. In a leadership role, demonstrating and teaching, teaching your younger sibling how to do things, how to eat with a spoon, how to eat with a knife and fork, how to ride a bike, how to kick a football, how to put your socks and your shoes on. There's a teacher role, there's a leadership role. But that surely doesn't mean that if you're the youngest, that always makes you a a follower, lacking self-initiative. I'm sure that isn't true. I'm sure you're learning from your your older brother. But I think the time has come at around 10 or 11 years old for the youngest when he suddenly needed to not break a few bonds but assert his independence instead of following in the footsteps of his brother, instead of having similar friends, instead of wanting to uh, do the same things that his brother does. He now gets annoyed if his brother tries to interact with him He gets annoyed if his brother tries to teach him how to do his maths homework because two years ago the brother was doing the same maths homework. He wants to learn it for himself now. He wants to do it for himself. He doesn't want to hear anymore that his brother's already been there, done that. His brother knew what high school was like, knew what the teachers were like and spent the whole of the summer before the youngest started high school telling him in detail about every teacher he might have, what the timetable structure would look like, what going to the canteen would feel like, what making new friends would be like, what were some of the scary moments of high school and some of the really exciting moments at lunchtime playing football. These are all the things that his brother thought he'd like to do. And now, midway through that, that first year of high school, the youngest is starting to assert his independence. No more helping with homework, no more telling me what the next year and the next year is going to be like. I'm going to find that out for myself. So there's that almost early stage of stepping out there on your own, which maybe happens earlier as a younger sibling in many ways than it does as the older one, because the older one is already there, but doesn't have to make that conscious decision to step away and do things for himself like the younger one has to do. So Every situation and every scenario and every experience that they have maybe makes them stronger, but also makes them different. 
And that is an amazing, amazing experience of a sibling. So I suppose as parents, we play a key role in developing these individuals as a team. They're a sibling team. We can't pit them against each other. They'll do that often themselves. But we need to nurture an environment where they don't need to do that. It's not necessary to compete against each other. There needs to be a way of developing healthy competitiveness without resentment. We don't want them to live in a a situation where the youngest is constantly trying to achieve what the oldest has achieved. Get those grades that he's got in maths and English. Get to the be the captain of the football team in his final year at primary school. That's not the benchmarks that the youngest needs. He doesn't need to have his, his bar set by his elder brother all the time. We need to develop a way that they can support and encourage each other. That they want each other to improve. And they want each other to achieve different things. Help each other with different projects. Help each other to learn and find interests in different ways. Wouldn't it be brilliant if they both had completely different interests, completely different goals, but wanted to learn from each other, wanted to support each other and create a, a culture at home where beating your own score is much more successful than beating each other and much more rewarding than beating each other. Achieve your first score and beat it next time. We can still play together, but let's beat our own scores and let's not worry about beating each other. And so on that note, I'll, I'll leave it there. They were thoughts on the sibling relationship development and what a, an amazing journey this parenting journey is. With one child or two or three or four, We create a family unit and we develop these beautiful young people into adults to go out into the world and be successful on their own. Thank you for listening.